0: What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to On the Break, a basketball podcast brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. Josh VG is out of the office this week, but Kyle Beats and I are here talking a little basketball, been a little bit. What's up, Kyle?
1: What's up, man? Glad to be back. I uh, had a few weeks out and had pretty much covered everything last time we spoke. We've had uh, a little bit of a uproar in the state of Texas since then, but first of all, I, I love how neither of us know where Josh is at. We get on here and we're like, I wonder what Josh is up to, and I know he he, he had mentioned it to us, but I'm assuming he's just on another Bear Grylls adventure.
0: I think he just said that he was going out hiking or camping, or you know, like whatever they do. He was they were going out camping this weekend, but I don't think he ever said where.
1: Yeah, he Josh hikes more than any human being I know, and sees more interesting things in the wild. And I'm starting to wonder if he just has a green screen set up in his in his garage, dude. <laughs> yeah
0: that that picture actually. Come to think of it, I'm gonna tweet it out of the account here in a minute. It didn't look real,
1: dude he it, it, you see the one where you're talking about the bear the bear yeah <laughs> that bear right too close to that bear for my comfort uh so Josh has been trying to recruit me on camping trips for a while. And that was uh, he did not do himself <laughs> any favors with bear pictures because that's not my cup of tea.
0: But it was also just far enough away where it really could have been a guy in a bear suit just dancing or something, you know. So <laughs> I don't know exactly really-
1: what it was. It had kind of the the Bigfoot lighting for sure. It did. It did.
0: But uh, yeah, I'll tweet that out of the account here in a little while. Everybody can see it. But yeah, it's <laughs> uh, he, he's been out a little bit. He's been making those camping videos, which have been amazing of showing how to pack a backpack and everything. I was just on there. <laughs> Just just Dude, ridiculing them.
1: <laughs> Josh outdoor tutorials is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I don't know if that or the Steve Ballmer and Kawhi handshake, which looks like a train wreck. I don't know which one I enjoyed watching more.
0: Dude, it Josh's went on because it well, number one, it's informative. And two, like, these aren't things you think about a whole lot, but you're like, Oh, yeah, I never really thought about how do you keep your backpack from being a hundred pounds, you know? No, it's
1: ultra useful and practical because if I went hiking, I would just have like I mean, I probably have herniated discs like 90 minutes in because I didn't listen to Josh's video. So it's it's really informative. I just love Josh's passion for it. I really do.
0: I do, too. And the bear spray is I want to know more about bear spray. So I feel like he's got to elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, I need tons of bear spray if he's taking me to wherever the hell he was last time.
0: Dude, yeah, that that does not seem like a great situation. But yeah, so it's been it's been a fun summer. It's been a little bit of time off, but we're going to be talking a little bit of basketball here today. And then I'll be off for uh, three weeks in August. And you guys, I think, are going to do a couple shows while I'm gone. But you're also going to be doing Perpetually Correct with Jason as we lead up to football season, which is awesome.
1: Dude, I'm stoked for that. So, yeah, me and Josh will definitely hold down the fort while you take your take your mental break and get ready to grind out uh, next season. But stepping over to Perpetually Correct and doing my second pod with you guys is going to be. It's a dream come true, man, because I love all sports like I love basketball, but you'll be able to see my baseball, my football knowledge on there as well. And uh, I know Jason and I are going to hit it off and have a really good, uh, really good rapport and uh, make some uh, cowboy haters sick, potentially, but I try to keep I try to keep it balanced.
0: I hope I get to call in a little (laughs) bit and and argue with you fools about this, that or the other. I can't (laughs) wait. I hope so. I've done it before.
1: you're going to turn into like Stephen A. Smith, man. You're going to just turn into a Cowboys hater, whether you really want to be or not, just <laughs> surrounded by Cowboy lovers.
0: Yeah. I think if people want to know what we think about the Zeke thing, or I love that Melvin Gordon seems to have painted himself into a corner. We got there's a ton of like good football talk, Perpetually Correct is our other podcast on Sensibly Loud. Go check it out. Um, and then, yeah, Kyle, you'll be on this week with the three of us, and then you guys will take it loose from there. So. It'll be uh, pretty awesome, man. So I'm excited. Football's almost here. But, man, I already miss basketball. It's been like, I feel that way immediately after, like, free agency ends. You don't feel it as much when the finals are over because free agency is such an anticipated thing.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah, when the finals end, it's like you're equally as excited for free agency, which is kind of crazy. But that's the culture that the NBA has built, and I love it. Uh, But these kind of, I guess, last week of July into the middle of August is pretty much the only dead time for the NBA all year because it's become a 365 type of sport, 365, uh, 365 days a year type sport. And, you know, these three weeks are good because it gives you some time to digest what's ha- happened and maybe rationalize some of your thoughts. Uh, because I think, you know, when I come down to earth, I'm a little lower on the Lakers than I was three weeks ago. Sure. Um, so just they
0: build out a lot though. They, think about things.
1: they did. They did. Uh, I've, I i do not know if Rossillo said it, somebody said it, but it does look exactly like the 2016 2017 pelicans oh yeah uh, oh yeah just with lebron
0: yeah It, it does for sure i think there's i mean you've got all kinds of wild shit going on i mean it's it's there's a hodgepodge of things happening there and it's it's just i've said it a lot it just everything has to work right and i just i mean based on the last 10 years that really hasn't happened for them so like that's all i'm saying like i'm not saying it can't happen by any means i'm just i'm hesitant to hand over anything to them or any other team for that matter because this thing is leveled out a lot
1: dude it's wide open
0: it really is and i think that's good like i the win losses came out which we'll talk about here in a minute um for vegas came out like you know, basically odds over under of like season wins and i think i mean i think everything dropped significantly but there's a lot of parity going there on there so we'll definitely be talking about that too today i think there's for sure there's a lot to yeah have. There's,
1: some, there's some interesting stuff in there and uh i think you and I are going to disagree on some of it, which is which is going to be fun because we can kind of talk about it. But like I said, with these three weeks of where the NBA is pretty stale, this is the time where I can really kind of reflect on what's happened and maybe be a little more logical and less emotional about about what we're seeing here.
0: Definitely. So where we left off last time, Kawhi had signed. We'd had the big trade with Paul George. The, the Thunder had seemingly decided to blow it up, but we weren't really sure. We didn't know, really know what was going to happen with Russ. And now we know what's going to happen with Russ.
1: Right, I think we all anticipated he would be traded, but maybe not as quickly as it, he was. And certainly, in my in my stance, not to the team that he was, to a, a true true contender. Uh, what's your What's your initial reaction? I love I love the move for both Russ and the Rockets.
0: Yeah, because this contract of Chris Paul's is a goddamn nightmare, and I don't know that they won't move him still. But $41 million, I mean, going forward in the next four years is a bad situation. And <laughs> That's it, the thing. He was in prob- of it, dude. Like, I don't know why they ever signed that, other than the fact that he's the head of the Players Union and they he just couldn't not sign a max deal.
1: Right, and I think they felt the pressure that they had to do something at that time. But I love the fact that Russ's contract gets so much criticism, and I've criticized it on here as well. But when you look back at it, and you put it on paper, his contract's way better than Chris Paul's. Oh, it's yeah. One, it's one less year, I believe, and it's the same money. And it's like he's way better of a player than Chris Paul at this point. Cause I still look at Russ in that top 10 to 15 range. Um, and I think he could go back to the top five to top ten if he becomes uh better with his shot selection and not chase as many rebounds, just really not burn his athleticism as much. I still think he has that level in him. And Chris Paul is maybe a top. Like thirty to forty guy now, like he Maybe, cannot, yeah, he cannot be the best or second best player on a championship team, in my opinion. And Russ can definitely be your second best player on a championship team.
0: So Russ is thirty years old right now. So I yep. mean, he still got some wear left on the tires. So I mean, that's what Houston was thinking here. They were able to trade. They were able to get rid of a bad contract, and they were able to take on a. Basically, they swap players. Is basically what ends up happening here, yeah. money wise. And you got younger. That makes a lot of sense for Houston. And you put Russell Westbrook back with James Harden, who they played together before. And the only thing, the only hesitation I have with that is that the rest of that team had involves <laughs> Kevin Durant. Right. So, like, you got to think about, like, is that dynamic going to work right? Are they going to be able to get that part of the chemistry right? I guess more in the front court than the back court. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't question whether Russell Westbrook can step right in and play and play well with Harden. I sure. think that's a given. And I think uh, Westbrook's, his skill set is actually made for someone like Harden.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think he fits in D'Antoni's system really, really well because uh, he's not as effective in the half court. and We've seen that time after time. He takes bad shots and makes bad plays. But he, Russ in the f- fast break is probably a top five player in the NBA. I agree. So, he's a great passer. He could get. He could still get to the rim, even though he yeah. has lost a little athleticism. He could still get to the rim. He just went from being like the most athletic guy in the league to like the seventh most most athletic guy in the league. Like he's still a great athlete.
0: Yeah, and, it's uh, not necessarily on. It's not an indictment on him because he's actually improved no. year over year. It's more that the talent uh, level has risen in the NBA as a as a whole.
1: Yeah, especially at, at guards and wings as well. Yeah, uh, we just have a lot more depth there than we ever have. So, but I, I, I love I, the
0: fit. I love the fit too. I, one thing that this takes. So let me ask you this: I, I think the way that OKC had things constructed, I think that they did fine trying to put the pieces around Russ to win. Would you agree with that? It didn't work, but would you agree that they tried the right pieces?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was really, really bullish on Stephen Adams' tra- trajectory, on the Paul George signing, on Vic. At one point, Um, I think they did everything that they could, and I don't. Taking the thing away from Sam Presti, I think he just realized it wasn't going to work and yeah. did the right thing, blew it up, and cashed in on picks.
0: Well, it kind of sounds like, based on what's come out in the last few days, that uh, that it seems like Paul George kind of forced the issue a little bit and
1: decided, "Hey, oh, he he, he <laughs> I definitely did." So yeah. I, I guess I can't say, but Presti- he also
0: I- made it happen. He didn't have to make that happen.
1: Exactly, and when he 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 not only made it happen, he made it worthwhile. Right. There was two other picks, I think, involved in the rest trade. So you're talking yeah. about seven picks and Chris Paul for those two guys.
0: Dude, in two weeks since the, after it's the good. draft, they had acquired eight first round picks because they had the Jeremy Grant uh, trade as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Which is a great trade yeah. for both teams because I think it's going to help uh, Denver tremendously.
0: Yeah. And I think right now, you, if you're OKC, you stand you stand pat on Steven Adams. Wait till the, we get. Towards the trade deadline, that's where you go and see if you can move him because then you're a little you bit later. Can, yeah. If you can, but then you're a little bit later into the contract. And I mean, look at like think about it from the Mavericks' perspective. Say that the center thing really isn't working out, and you need at least somebody that can work off of KP and Luca. That's just a big man downstairs. I mean, yeah. that may be worth doing, right? Like that may be valuable there because you at least you're half another you're another half season into that contract.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a year and a half left on the contract, and maybe you can convince them to take. You know, a little less money after that if he likes the situation. Exactly.
0: So that's what I but I'm not saying they would necessarily be the team that would do it. But somebody like that, they could get there. Right. So, I mean, I think you stand pat on him for now because I don't think the market's there for as much money. as Uh, he's
1: owed. Not movable, really, at this point.
0: So I think and I mean, so the other thing is, are they going to move Chris Paul? We just talked on that for a second. I still think that there's a chance they do that, but I don't know that they do that right away.
1: I don't. Yeah, and then it comes back to I don't know if they can do that right away. Um, True. I think they're going to hope that Chris Paul actually starts off the season really hot and can try to maybe package him and uh, Gallinari and some of those picks that they've received and package that together because I think yeah. they want to. Well, I guess and Gall is an expiring, so that won't be that tough to move as well.
0: Correct. But I just but. think that there's a. I mean, you look at like the uh, Chris Paul's value is very confusing and. We all know how I feel about Chris Paul. Like I'm not he, that ju- <laughs> that guy just does not impress me. He's not even a top 25 player for me of all time. He's not and it oh, seems like he all. should be, right? Like I mean, but he he's not even close to some of these other guys. You know, like he I don't even think he's a top 25 player in the league now. We talked about that a minute ago. But Definitely I just not. I think there's this I think that the fan base kind of needs him to be there for a little bit. I think that matters in these kinds of situations where a complete teardown is it's hard. Yeah
1: they need somebody to identify with as a star and as the, the heart and soul of their team and as the leader. Cause I think, uh, Shane Alexander can get there. He's not there yet. Steven Adams isn't that type of personality. Uh, I'm with you there. I think that yeah. mean, would mean a lot to that team. Cause they've become a really proud, uh, small market type of fan base, you know? And yeah. I think having somebody like Chris Paul to represent them for better or for worse is still meaningful to them
0: boy did I love the crowd this week that was coming out bitching about how Oklahoma City is a, is a small market team and how they get shafted and all this stuff and they shouldn't have moved out of Seattle and everything and it's like well yeah they moved out of a big market into a small market so I mean I don't really I mean you can't really make that argument like
1: that's, no it's a, ter- it's a terrible it's a terrible argument really terrible uh, I think <laughs> I think the OKC fans are great but that's that argument is horrible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that was a decision made by ownership. Yeah, um, and dude, something I was talking to my friend about that I think is really interesting is, you know, we're talking about the Harden Westbrook combo, which I yep. just want to come back to real quick. Same. There's ton, tons of pros, right? They're both terrific scorers. They're both been top five in assists for like the last three or four seasons. They're great passers. Uh, they've played together, as you mentioned, obviously they were at different points in their career. Cause Harden is the man now, and he was nowhere near that when he was the sixth man on uh, OKC, but I didn't know that they had ties back to like AAU level. They've yeah. known each other since they were 10 years old. Um, so I think that does, things like that do matter. Man. One area I do have concern about, which not breaking news here, is defense, right? Sure. Uh, you got Capella behind you. You got P.J. Tucker. You got some good defenders. But I think there's got to be a little bit of a concern about, you know, when they go out and they try to defend, uh, you know, Portland's backcourt or a backcourt of that of that magnitude or Utah's for, for the you know, this year I think that's going to be really tough. Well, but I mean, I think remember, they'll push each other to be a little better.
0: But remember also who the coach is. I mean, Dan Tony is just going to go shoot the lights out of the gym. Let's go that's, run the score up. Yeah, yep.
1: I mean, and to,
0: I mean, that, we don't know that that's not going to work. I mean,
1: no, we don't, we don't. But I think Russ needs to, you know, shoot less shots and be comfortable averaging 19 or 20 points and try to average 12 or 13 assists. Cause the last thing you want is just him and Harden going back and forth. isoing even more so than Harden and Chris Paul did last year. And those guys just being statues out there right. because they have some good players that can hit open shots. So Russ and hard need to use their ability to draw attention from the defense, penetrate and, and kick and rely on those guys to make shots. I think that's a recipe for success. And yeah. honestly, I, I said it, after all the Kawhi news, uh, that Houston was my number one team in the league. And obviously, this just perpetuates that that thought for me. I still think if I had to do my top five power rankings, now that I've had some time to really reflect on all these moves and analyze the rosters, I still got Houston number one. Where do I'm, they fall for you? I mean, I, I, I feel like you're maybe not quite as high as I am. Two or three.
0: Yeah, I think they're two or three.
1: You got Clippers. You Clippers feel pretty ahead of them. Yeah,
0: I feel like the Clippers are ahead of them for sure. Man, so, like, we were talking about the value of, like, Chris Paul and everything. 40% of players in the league play for different teams now. So there's a...
1: (laughs) Wow. That's really hard to judge. That's more shocking than the stat you gave me about Andrew Wiggins having more field goals made than Jimmy Butler, which... I would have literally bet my life on that, that that's not true.
0: (laughs) I I knew you would. Like I literally, all I did was just message you and just said, what if I were to tell you?
1: (laughs) It's like Andrew Wiggins is not as good. And he's been, he's like six years younger, but yeah, I guess I forget Jimmy wasn't Jimmy, you know, for the early part of his career. But yeah, I mean, to your point with all this movement, you know, doing a top five power ranking is just really challenging. But at the end of the day, you know, Josh says it all the time. This is a star league. So I'm just looking at, the combination of stars and then the next key, like two to four role players on that team. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like Houston the most. I, I would put Clippers. I would put Clippers two. And then I would put Milwaukee three, Philadelphia four. And I put Denver five. I'm going to leave the Lakers out of my top five.
0: See in the West. I actually think that the nuggets have the biggest upside and that mm-hmm. if Porter comes back healthy, and I mean, that's a game changer. That's a franchise changer.
1: Right. And if Jeremy Grant can take a step forward and if Jamal Murray can become an elite scorer, like yes. they have a lot of upside.
0: Yes. Uh, so I, I roster wise, I love that roster more because it's way more dynamic. So they are actually in my, in the if you're talking about just the West, it's probably like,
1: no, I'm talking in, in, in the yeah. league. I no, still, I know. I got them fifth overall. In the fifth West, overall. I'd say I'd have them third.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of where my head's at. I would say probably second or third. They're going to kind of hinge between there. I mean, Denver won. You know, they were second last year. I mean, Denver was good.
1: Exactly. And exactly. that was without Porter. So,
0: I mean, again, that, that's a pretty big bank on one guy. But, I mean, if that works right and then guys take a step forward, Jamal Murray's playing for a big, you know, into a big deal here now. Mm-hmm. Which I really don't understand. But that's a whole other topic for another time. It's it's just they have a really high upside, I think. So, but I think overall, you probably have like Clippers. I think you have probably Milwaukee after that. I mean, Milwaukee pretty much survived free agency. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they left. Bro- they let, let Brogdon walk out. There's some injury issues there. Um, they re-signed the, the guys that they needed to. They added a few other good pieces, and at the end of the day, I still believe Giannis is the hardest working player in the NBA right now. And I think he's going to get better, and I think his jump shot is going to be better. I like, I like them to win the East next year for sure, which I'm sure they'll be the favorite. Them or Philly? I, uh,
0: I like if we're just talking about strictly in the East, I like the Nets to take another step forward this year. I mean, dude, okay, it's, it's, <laughs> we're we're talking about Kyrie Irving here, so we got to be tread lightly, right? But like at the end of the day, they still got better than they were last year. Sure. It's a matter and of throw, whether the chemistry works or not. And, and also knowing that you're probably just throwing this year. I don't think it's, everybody keeps saying they're going to throw this year away and wait for Kevin Durant to get back. I don't think that's true at all.
1: No, dude. they'll if Kyrie Dinwiddie and Karis Levert are healthy, they'll slide in the playoffs. Cause those guys are all legit scores and
0: plus Joe you know, we, Harris.
1: Plus Joe Harris. Yeah, that's true. And we've been really critical of Kyrie for all the, for legitimate reasons, in my opinion, but, at the end of the day, he's a hell of a basketball player. And I think sometimes we get lost in the sauce a little bit just because oh, yeah. he's such a jackass. We forget how good he actually is at the game of basketball. And in the right situation, um, you know, i.e. 2016 Cleveland, I think Kyrie can be a, the top 10 player. and I, yeah. Just that in the East with as weak as it's gotten, I feel like that'll get him into the fifth to seventh seed somewhere in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. I'm not sure. I mean... Whenever you think about Kyrie Irving, like I can tell you that Boston got worse this offseason. I mean, they yeah. they acquired Kimba, or you know they got Kimba, which I'm I'm fine with and I love that move, but I mean Kimba's not Kyrie Irving. He's not Kyrie. He's right. not Kyrie. No. And so you're but they're also relying on getting a cancer out of the locker room, and mm-hmm. you got rid of Rogier, so you you unstacked the point guard a little bit position a little bit, and you know you're going to be putting it in Kimba's hands. You're going to rely on. Hayward to probably t- try to take another step forward, hopefully look more and more like himself this year. I hope. I, I don't know. And these young guys in Jalen and uh, and Tatum to actually progress and take a step forward. So, I mean, I see where the upside is in the Celtics. And I'm not really that upset about it overall. But I, I know they got worse for losing Kyrie. And you add that to that Brooklyn team that was really good. And you lost D'Angelo, but I mean, you definitely you're in a better situation with Kyrie Irving, I think. It's just a matter For of sure. managing the locker room the right way.
1: Right. And if KD was healthy, they'd be the favorites in the East and maybe the league. Yeah. Uh, I really believe that. To your to your Celtics point real quick, though, they did get worse on paper, but I think they win more games this year because I, I trust Brown and, and uh, Tatum to get a little bit better. Yeah. And I think Kimba's such a better point guard and leader to be on that team, I even do, though he's not as talented as Kyrie.
0: I do not like their situation at, down low. Like, I, I really... I think they're going to miss Horford. Yeah, I really dicey. do.
1: It's a little dicey. That's true. I keep forgetting about that. You got to rely on my man from AM, uh M, Robert, Robert Williams. Williams. So, yeah. good luck,
0: dude. Yeah, and I mean, they shipped Aaron Baines out of town. I mean, he went. I mean, he basically told, like, one day, he told Danny Ainge that he bought a house in Boston. And he loves being there. And Danny Ainge said, "Oh, too bad. You're headed to the Suns. Okay, he said, then,
1: better put that on Zillow, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're out of here, pal. <laughs> Don't you start getting comfortable around here. No, but yeah. um, I just I, that's what concerns me. I I, I think. I think you roll with what you got, but I think they're a candidate for like a Steven Adams type situation too. If it really comes down to where they need a stopgap at the center, I mean, wow,
1: yeah, that's actually a better a better fit than anyone else I could think of.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you do have that option, but I don't think you pull the trigger on it yet. And I think you see what you have because it is a considerably weaker East with with Kawhi being gone and into the West.
1: Dude, just with Kawhi gone, it's so much weaker. It's crazy. Um,
0: I do think the Magic are going to take another step forward. They kind of they stayed pat. I think they did a good job of not letting guys walk. I think if you can get Bamba healthy next year, they've got some good upside. I I like them to maybe be what Brooklyn was this year, where they were a little bit more of a dark horse.
1: Yeah, dude, I completely forgot Bamba was on their team, and I was really high on him. I was hoping Dallas was going to get him over Luca, uh, which in hindsight is kind of crazy. Silly, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah, shows how much I know. But I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of expectation from him. Dude, do you want to dive into some of these over unders for team totals? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So I, I, dude, I was shocked at some of these numbers. So Justin had sent me uh, a link. I think it was Bleacher Reports. uh, It was basically
0: yeah, it's the it's the over unders from
1: Caesars. Okay, from Caesars. So it's you know total wins for the teams going into next year. You know over or under, and you know just a few that I wrote down that. Well, let's really just go through like. them all.
0: Let's just run through them okay. all. It won't take long. Yeah,
1: yeah. So start us off. You know, yeah. We look at the Bucks at the top at fifty-seven. I think that's right where that number should be. Yeah, and a lot of these numbers. I think Caesars did great on this because a lot of these numbers, I think, are where it should be. But I think 57 sevens fair. Uh, I would go over on that.
0: Uh yeah. That's going to be really close. I probably I personally probably have them around fifty-four games, but not much more than that.
1: That's fair. I just think Giannis gets better. Uh, They won, I believe, sixty-three games last year. Yep. I I think that's more than fair to assume they can win fifty-seven, especially when you have, you know, Kawhi not to worry about. Which I guess it's only a few times a year, but yeah, I still like that uh, over Clippers fifty-five and a half. That's it's a little rich for my taste. I think I'd go under there, not because I don't think their roster is capable. I just you know, Paul George might miss four to eight weeks with his shoulder surgery recovery and Kawhi is going to play 60, 65 games again. It might be hard to get to 55 and a half in a stacked West or fifty-fifty-six 56 in a stacked West. So I'd go under on that one, but not because of talent, just because of how I think it'll play out.
0: I actually probably like the over on that because I think what they do load management wise is that if, if you're going to have Paul George out, I mean, We just saw Kawhi, uh, you know, will his team to a championship. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I have no problem thinking that on nights where Paul George needs to sit, they'll sit Paul George. I mean, I think that people do underestimate the the risk that they take on by getting Paul George. But I mean, this is a league. It's kind of the point you made about the AAU stuff earlier. This is a league where guys just want to play with their friends. They do. That's what this is all about anymore. It's not about money. Like, the Supermax thing doesn't work. We've seen that now. They just want to play with their friends on a a team where they can put something together and have a team show that they're going to commit to them. So I say all that to be said, I, I think people underestimate the risk that the Clippers take on, but that's the price of business you pay to get Kawhi Leonard there. And I think at the end of the day, the way they manage this is that they let Kawhi Leonard really hammer away at those games early on where Paul George is out and try to, and you know, I mean, it's one of those things like if you win, you know, five out of every seven, you're in really good shape. Right. And it'll all depend a lot on the strength of schedule and everything. But I think ultimately like if Kawhi can will them to those amount of wins until Paul George gets back, then you can rest Kawhi and then you've got, you can kind of go that alternating route. It's the exact same thing. They're probably thinking on the Lakers with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis.
1: I guess that's true. I just I, I'm that high on the rest of the Western Conference, so it's more about the Western Conference than than anything. Uh, and then I was I was looking at it too, like, dude, that 2010 2011 Heat team, the first time they got together, more talented than that Clippers team oh, yeah. in a weaker in a weaker conference, and they won 58 games. Like I think you know there is a, there is a certain level of having to develop that chemistry that's going to play into that as well.
0: Oh, that uh, first year of the Heat was not
1: pretty. It was not. They were like you know nine and nine at one point and everyone was just panicking it's like okay guys let's, let's chill out here yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, 76 or 54 and a half i think that's a perfect number i i would never touch that i i would lean towards under um just because i think they're gonna take it's gonna take some time to figure out that rotation because you have all like six ten plus guys on the floor <laughs> that roster is enormous it's a it's pretty crazy but i i would go under on that I probably would too, but not by much. Right, right. I mean, like I said, these numbers, a lot of these, probably 20 out of these 30 are exactly where I think they should be. Uh, the next one, the Jazz, as high as I am on them, I'm under fifty two and a half. the The West is too good for a team where your best player is Donovan Mitchell to win 53 games.
0: Yeah, I probably agree with that. I don't... Hmm.
1: They, I expect him to make that jump. Yeah, I they, think they, I mean, they're, they're going to be really, better, and Donovan's going to be better next year.
0: Yeah, they really reformed their entire roster.
1: Mm-hmm. And Conley's
0: such a huge sign; he really is. I think people are underestimating that. And he was pretty much sitting for most of last year, getting healthy. So, I mean, I don't know if I don't. <laughs> you're right about the competition in the West. I get that. I don't know that that matters as much as it is. A lot of times is like strength of schedule and all that in the NBA because you have so much like intentional load management stuff.
1: That's true. I and
0: it's just hard to say the West is the the waters, right?
1: Right, Right. the West being competitive. It's not like it's that much more competitive this year. I I mean, mean, you don't have West,
0: right? I mean, you don't have Golden State being as nearly as. I mean, you probably have them being competitive, but probably not nearly as competitive as they've been. Obviously, but like, I just think there's there's definitely more parity. But in that, I think. You're not going to have this like blow teams out of the water all the time kind of thing. I just I think it's going to be a little more competitive than that. I hope so, anyway.
1: I agree. All I right. agree. And I'm gonna I'm gonna run through all these till we get down to maybe like the bottom barrel teams, like the Bulls and
0: well let's and, let's just go over under on some of the more interesting ones and then we'll yeah, yeah. So
1: I mean, look at the next two Nuggets Rockets both in there at 52. I like over on both of those. I agree with you there. For sure on the rock. I think Rockets over 52. The more I look at this, maybe my favorite my favorite one on this list.
0: Okay. Lakers 51 and a half. What do you think of that?
1: Actually, set, Rockets over 52 is my second favorite. My first favorite is Lakers under 51 and a half.
0: I agree with that. Not by much, though. I mean, by, I, 48, 40, I think 47, 48 games is probably what you're looking at.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough start to the season. I really do.
0: Oh, man, it's going to be brutal to watch. I could see them being it's,
1: like 21 and... 22 or 21 and 19 or something like that Uh, i see them being close to 500 near the all-star break
0: i i don't hate that things out i don't hate that at all because i yeah well we'll, i want to talk about this new clippers arena thing here in a few minutes so we'll we'll get to that because i want to talk about the landscape of la but uh but yeah i i think they're they're under but not by a lot i think they will start to figure it out but i think it's going to take some time and there's some dude i mean You Frank Vogel's in charge of that three ring circus, though.
1: That's the thing. That's like you (laughs) got to remember who's running the team, who's coaching the team. Like, yeah, all that stuff. One bolt or one thing comes unscrewed, it could all fall apart really quickly on this team. You
0: put this team with like Eric Spolstra, Pop, Carlisle, somebody like that. I fully trust it to work. Yeah, (laughs) Frank Vogel's not
1: that guy. Frank Vogel's not that guy. Why
0: didn't they just keep Luke Walton? That was a much better idea.
1: Yeah, I think there's something between him and LeBron. Oh, there was. I really do. Oh, because was. like, yeah. there's no way Frank Vogel's a better coach than Luke Walton. I just no. don't believe that. And I think, you know what? Good for Luke Walton, though. Go to Sacramento. Dude. That's a way, way safer situation and better situation for his career.
0: And a great young team. Uh, yeah, we'll get to the L.A. Great.
1: landscape, though, in a minute. Um, Dude, Celtics, Celtics, 49 and a half. <sighs>
0: probably over by, the, by that. I think they have to take a step here.
1: I, I think so. Just from a chemistry standpoint, they get better. And the East is so so weak in my opinion. I think that's really right where the number should be. I lean over, but I think that's that's a fair number. Um, but buddy, 40, 48 and a half. I don't know what to do with that.
0: I have no idea on that either. I, I wouldn't okay. touch it.
1: It depends what what Vic is. If Vic is who he was last year, that's probably right where it should be. I would actually honestly, I may go under on that just from a lot of question marks. They lost uh, Bogdanovich, but then they brought in uh, Brogdon. Brogdon. So, yeah, that's kind of a wash. Yeah, I'm under on that one. Uh, Blazers at 47 and a half. That's an interesting one. I would probably lean a little over just because I think they've won more than 48 games several years in a row, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and I think they plugged a major hole in not having Nurkic by getting by acquiring Hassan Whiteside, who, I mean, ultimately has been a bust. I think that's, the, that's easy to say, but I mean, that Miami team has been trash for a while. So, I mean, that's... It's really hard to tell with him. I He's been disgruntled since the day he signed that contract in Miami. So I yeah. think, think the Blazers did well by that. And, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's not like they... That's actually probably pretty close, though, ultimately, because of what you've been talking about, where there is more parity in the West as a whole. There isn't, like, a power team in the West, but there's just more overall competition in the West is more. And until you get Nurkic back, which I'm not sure... I can't even remember what the time frame on him getting back is. But regardless, like, it's still a
1: halfway through the season so that they're going to try to flip Whiteside at the all-star break before the deadline which is smart Assuming is back healthy it is smart it's
0: brilliant really
1: um dude just looking at this real quick i don't want to go down a rabbit hole but i I think nine out of the top 12 teams in the nba are in the west like that's how stacked i think the west is versus the east
0: let's finish these overrunner numbers i'll look at that
1: yeah okay uh just, there's just like four or five more that I find interesting so Nets 47 um I think that's really probably where it should be I, I may even lean that. over on that yeah. if we got a healthy Dinwiddie and, and Karis LeVert to compliment Kyrie
0: boy what a world where you have the, the Nets and the Warriors having the same uh, wins.
1: <laughs> the same over under what I'm, a world <laughs> I'm just going to go over on the Warriors and say they'll win 48 games just because that's just crazy that they're at 47.
0: I think people underestimate the uh, the powerhouse that may be the Golden State Warriors. I really do. I, I man like or we've
1: how been, good Steph Curry is.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that so much of how like we're, we won't bet against them until they've shown us otherwise. And I still just think that they... I, obviously, they're not going to continue the dominance that they have. But, I mean, they've gotten this shaky machine there for the last two years and, you know, ultimately... I mean, ne- come away with it and nearly came away with it. So I mean, like, yep. I think if they can limp in and f- and then you get Clay back ultimately. I mean, I don't think they rush him, but I mean, if he can get back for the playoffs and then you, I mean, but mm-hmm. the other thing is that we talked about that too, the chemistry and all that. I mean, the best case is you can get Clay back by March, play with him and get bit, figure it out, you know, because you got D'Angelo in the mix as well. That gets to be a weird thing, but
1: I. <sighs> yep. But they also they resigned they resigned Looney right. Yep. And then they brought in uh, Willie Colley-Stein, who I like him a lot as a rim runner for their system, mm-hmm. with Draymond t- really looking like he took steps back to his old self in yeah. the playoffs. With the backcourt of Curry and D'Angelo, which is still a top-five backcourt, even though Klay Thompson's out, yeah, I think they win 47 games. I like them to still make the playoffs.
0: When we talked about it, too, during the, during the uh, playoffs, whenever Durant went down, I mean, ultimately, Draymond. I don't know that it, it was that Draymond got returned back to his old form as much as it was that the system turned back to its old form, and it, it right. allowed him to be more of a cog, like a cog in the system, versus like get the ball into Kevin Durant's hands, maybe you know, download maybe versus Draymond, which is fine because it just so happens that Kevin Durant can put the ball in the hole every goddamn time. But like at the end of the day, it still minimized some of his usage. So. All that to be said, I think that he is able to, I mean, he's going to be on a contract year. That's going to be a huge time to prove worth, man. And I I don't think, I mean, we've shit on him before, at least Josh has, but I I just, I don't underestimate him.
1: I don't either. And he is in a perfect situation to utilize all of his talents. When Katie's not on the floor and he doesn't feel like he has to force it, he can be a little more free-flowing in that system. And that's going to just really highlight all of his, his skill set a lot better, and I think he's going to get paid, um, and I think he deserves to. But, yeah, going back to what you said, man, Nets and Warriors at the same over-under is just wow. a microcosm of what this player empowerment move and all this movement um, has really done to the league. Hey, four, so four more over-unders. I'm going to throw at you real right, cool. quick. Obviously, I'm a huge Mavs guy. Mavs are at 41, but even 500. Over. I think that's probably where it should be, but I'm going to go over.
0: Yep, over. I've got but, them. Honestly, I think... Dude, there have been so many times in
1: the last... I was
0: thinking about this yesterday. Like, I've had season tickets for four years. Now this will be my fifth year. I have watched so many times where when they made the transition to decide to lose, that they should take shots or that they'll just... Like, Luka's a great example this last year. It was right before they traded Dennis Smith Jr. You know, they're sitting there. They're on a buzzer beater. Wide open three that Luca could clearly make four or five seconds left on the clock. He passes it to Dennis Smith Jr. instead of taking the shot when you would clearly want Luka Doncic taking that shot. Yes. Knowing the greater possibility that Dennis Smith Jr. might miss that, and he did. So I've just, I've seen so much of that. And I just feel like Rick and all the players have been on the same page with that. And I firmly believe that Rick is always good for about five to seven, maybe even 10 more wins a season than they would be with any other coach. And I just think that if you, I mean, it's a lot. I'm not saying they'll win ten more games than 41, sure. maybe. But like at the end of the day, it's all going to be about whether Kristaps works with Luca the right way, and the surrounding cast. I mean, Seth Curry has to be really good, and I mean they've got a lot of they've got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of possibility coming up as far as like talent that is in the wings that they could either trade or that they could develop. I think Jalen Brunson's a big part of this, yep. and. I just I think that ultimately, if they're trying to win games, they're going to be better than forty-one games. I really I think, think
1: they're so. going to be better than forty-one. I, I don't know if they're a fifty-win team. It really, all of this comes down to Kristaps. We have good role players, we have shooters now, uh, but it's going to come down to Kristaps and what he can give us. But my my gut and my heart tell me to go over on that,
0: buddy. Uh, that that story that came out that was on the low post about. Uh, about the Knicks not letting Chris Stops in the gym to practice and not having trainers there is the most insane thing I've ever heard.
1: How is this a professional team? How are you not allowing the best players in the world at their sport that are you're paying millions million of dollars. dollars to that are trying to get better? You're not going to allow them into the facility? No one's there to let them in like, that's just unfucking acceptable. That would never happen on the Spurs or the Celtics. Like, you want to go put in work. You can go up to the facility and put in work. There's not gonna be an issue of you got locked out or it's just Yeah. It, and it like it goes back to what a joke the fucking Knicks are.
0: It really is. And at the end of the day, it's exactly I mean, that was the one thing that KP asked for whenever they were gonna draft him in the first place was do I have access to the gym 24 hours a day for whenever I want to practice? So you're You're restricting the guy that wants to get better for your organization, just like you said, to get better. And like, you don't have a guy to rebound for him or tape him when he needs or, you know, like you're telling me they can't employ somebody that be there most hours during the day. I'm sure that he'd be happy to work around some kind of schedule.
1: Absolutely. The the fact that they didn't even have that worked out or hashed out and that it even came to him being surprised by showing up and not knowing that it was going to be open. Dude, it's insane. Like, how is that not communicated? It's your best fucking player. That's just, crazy, dude. It just I can't get over it, man. Yeah, it, it just that doesn't it, even happen at like division two college level. Yeah, it's happening at the you know the third, fourth most important franchise in the league.
0: Let it's me good. add, I, I, that's insane, right? The the notoriety that could be New York that isn't is just crazy to me. Do you subscribe to the theory that's been going around that uh, DeAndre Jordan wanted to be traded to the Knicks because he wanted to scout out things for uh, Kevin Durant to see if it was really as bad as they said it was? Yes. I love I that. that.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. that. I don't know I if just, I necessarily believe it. I don't but know I love if I necessarily joke. believe it. Uh, let me be I want to believe that.
0: Yeah, me too, dude. I hope that's true.
1: That makes me like DeAndre so much more.
0: I know, dude. I really, I used to hate him so much. He's like screwed.
1: I'm just going to throw this season away just so I can really figure out how much of a piece of shit James Dolan is and how shitty this organization is.
0: Well, if it's it's one of those things. If the Mavericks were going to trade him anyway and they were intent on moving him, then I mean, why not? You know. Right. I don't think the Mavericks would have traded him if it was if it wouldn't have been for a deal like they had for Kristaps.
1: No, I don't think so either. Yeah, so nothing to lose. I mean, he's going to expire. But okay, so three more. Okay, three more numbers. Pelicans. I'm under 39. Even though I think they're going to be really entertaining and they could win more games than that, I think they'll be, I think they'll be in a ton of games. I could see them having like 60 games decided by single digits. I just, uh, I'm I'm a little under that number.
0: I agree with you. I think they've got a lot of chemistry things to figure out. I like, I like Reddick as a leader in the locker room. I like Mm -hmm. a lot of the pieces they've got put together, but they just still. They're going to need a little bit more time. I think they're they're definitely slated for maybe a little bit under that, maybe thirty-seven wins, something like that. Yeah, it's going to be close. I agree.
1: Which in the Kings are at thirty-seven, I'm over on that.
0: I think I'm over on that too. They've just got I so think many players, teams. dude. Is the problem they've got so many players that they need to figure
1: out what to do with? It's true, but I mean, you know how I feel about De'Aaron Fox. I think he's he's going to be an All Star, maybe this year, or next. I mean, the West guards are just so busy. He could be there's too many good west guards he could be an all-star in the east at guard probably this year uh buddy healed obviously an elite shooter and, and i think he's going to continue to get better um you got bagley who really showed a lot at the end of last year he started off slow but had a really good finish to the rookie campaign um,
0: you got a new coach in there luke walton i think he knows little, how to work with young guys
1: yep and just those three at the core um I think that's one of the best young cores, honestly, because people don't realize how young all those guys are. Like De'Aaron Fox is 21, Buddy Heels 23, and Bagley's 20. Um, you got yeah. the you got the other Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich over there as well. You still got Harrison Barnes in there at a, you know, a little bit of an overpay, but still still a solid player in the NBA. You got Trevor Ariza. Uh, it's a, it's a good roster.
0: Yeah, it's a real good roster. I I like it a lot. I th- I just I don't. I hope that they know what to do with it. That's my only thing. I don't. I love the pieces. I think that's a successful rebuild. If the, I mean, they bailed on it whenever they got rid of Boogie. And they arguably yep. should have done that far sooner than they did. But they did. And they drafted good players with those picks overall. And they've, they've done about what they should do. A lot of times it hasn't been drafting for need as far as, as much as it's been just drafting the best player at the position they've been at. Because they've been drafting their extra draft picks that they've acquired have all been in the top 10, you know, 10 to 15 range, but usually in those, like, 8 to 15 range is where they've been drafting. So they've gotten good players. I mean, Bagley fell. I mean, Darren Fox fell a little bit. I mean, they. I think that was taken at 4, wasn't it? I think he went at 4.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fox,
0: but, yeah,
1: Yeah. it was 4 or four, 5. 4 or 5, something Bagley, like that. Bagley was 2. Right.
0: Yep. So, I mean, but based on where they've been, they've drafted the right players in the right spots, and I think that's a big, big you know, kudos to Vlade, but I think knowing what to do with those players is another thing, and, I mean, this is exactly what we talk about, though, with Philly and and Brett Brown, where it was kind of hard to fire the guy about the process, you know, that the, walked through, all the way through the process, and then you just want to turn around and fire the guy and bring in Dan Toney or something like that. Like, you know, like, you want to sure. give that guy a chance is the point, but, I mean, I think, I mean, who was, the, who was their coach before? It was the Memphis guy, right? What was that guy's name? Um... I can't think of who his, what his name is. Don't
1: quiz is. me on Memphis Gri- Grizzlies coaches. I will fail that quiz. No, you know
0: who this guy uh, is. Um, Real common name. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But regardless, like, they went to Luke Walton. I think he knows what building winning chemistry looks like. He worked a couple years with Steve Kerr, and I think that's huge. So I think I, I like the over on that, to be honest with you, too.
1: Yeah, I do. And then the last one is the Thunder at 31. I just find that number astounding. I think they tried to move Gallinari and Chris Paul so I get the, the logic there. But... I, I lean towards over. I mean, you could lose 50 games in cover.
0: Yeah, I know, dude. It's... mm, I know. I was thinking the same thing, but I just... I don't know. I mean, if they get to the trade deadline and they've moved Chris Paul and Stephen Adams, and it's hard, though, right? Because Shea should take a step forward, hopefully. He took a big step forward this year. Dude, he looked great. He looked great on the Clippers, so I... That's really hard to say, dude. I, I agree with you though. I would probably. I mean, if you can lose fifty games in cover, it's kind of. Alarm. That's what I'm saying. I
1: would probably stay away from it, but if I, you know, gun to my head, I would go. I would go over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what else? So I mean, that's that pretty much wraps up the the over unders for me as far as you know the ones I wanted to talk about. I was really I was really shocked at a few of them, but I thought like the Lakers, but and the Kings, but I thought for the most part. They did a really good job, as always, and I guess that's why they have all those casinos out there.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, those odds makers are incredible. I started to read into one time about, like, what goes into odds making and everything, and it just, it's a slippery slope to go down whenever you really want to start reading about that stuff. So it's, you know, you want to be careful about it. <laughs> it can get you into trouble as far exactly. as confidence goes. But regardless, man, it's, it's going to be an interesting season. I think there's a lot of question marks, and I think that's why it's hard to determine like Chris Paul's value, for example, because they're just a lot of teams want to sit tight and see what they've got and then start to see what pieces they need. You know, like, I think that, and that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's been a more and more common approach. That's, you know, really seemed to work out for several organizations and, the thing I'm really excited about for next year, too, is, oh, and I did want to make this point just because I wrote it down about the Westbrook-Harden combination as well. I think I find it very interesting because, I mean, if you watch these videos on NBA News or NBA.com and look at the news, you can see how passionate Westbrook is about winning a ring. And I think Harden uh, has that passion as well. Or I think Russ is going to instill it in him because I haven't felt that way about him previously. I think those two guys have the most to gain with winning a ring for what it'll do to their legacy. If any players in the NBA and their teammates—they're back and they're in the same backcourt.
0: Strong agree because they're if, in the exact you know same those situation.
1: Because if Harden and Russ both retire with no rings, they're going to be always viewed as great players. But it, it's that calm Malone type right. type status. But if Russ or Harden, especially Harden, can get just one ring. That's going to change their legacy. I mean, I saw, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but I saw, I think, uh, Cowher made a point about if Harden had a ring under his belt, he'd be deemed the best player in the league right now, which is probably true, or at least be a lot closer. Um, And I I say that just to say, I I just think there's so much to gain for both those guys getting a ring.
0: I mean, he should have another MVP. Like, I mean, you know, ultimately, (laughs) you know, he (laughs) he got screwed out of the, I mean, he's been screwed a couple times out of MVP. You know, and so it's like, it's one of those things I agree with you. I think it means the most of their legacies. I just, I think that Houston definitely did the best here because getting Chris Paul out of there was a good thing. I think, I don't think that Westbrook is a leader necessarily. And there's there's guys that were, that's okay. AI was one of those guys. He's like, man, like...
1: I try I to think set he's a, an off-court leader but not on-court if that makes sense. I agree
0: with that. And and that's okay. Like you need those guys. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. And I think that works really well for going into a situation where some other guy has the keys to the team. And I ultimately feel like that's why Durant struggled a lot in Golden State cuz I don't think he understood why people hated him so bad for making the decision he did. And I also Agreed. don't know that he ever really I don't. I know he respected this, but I don't know that he ever fully rep like wrapped his head around the fact that it would never be any different. Is the to the fact that that was always like that is Steph's team, and it will always yes. be Steph's
1: team. Always will be. You know
0: what I mean? And I don't know that he he necessarily grasped the the magnitude of that. Which is, right. I mean, you know, you can't fault him for that though. I still, I will never fault him for the decision he made. It sucks for oh, OKC okay, no. and all that, but like, I get where he's coming from. I really do.
1: I hated it, but I totally respect it.
0: Yeah, and I just I think all all those things were a little bit undervalued. I think maybe in his mind, and I just I really legitimately don't think that he thought he'd be as hated as he was. And so I say all that to say in the situation with Russ and Harden, it's like well, you have you have a guy that isn't necessarily a leader on a team, and then a guy that already has a team. So like that almost works as a perfect tandem because you don't like. They're both yeah. in it to win it, man. They don't care about the rest, and you can tell that. I agree
1: with that, and that, that is James' team. That is Harden's team. Yeah,
0: and I think they've got the right pieces running to do it. I wouldn't be surprised at any kind of Houston run. Like, don't, I mean, you know, don't mistake me here. I mean, I think they're they're head and shoulders in a better situation than, like, the Lakers are.
1: Dude, I love them over 52 wins. They won, 50, like, 55 games last year, didn't they? 54 yeah. games, and they got better. Yeah, exactly. They did. They, they
0: swapped out Chris Paul, who is a proven loser, and you know, and got rid of that. <laughs> I love that we project. share
1: Chris Paul hatred together, dude. I, I hate really Chris do. Paul, and like um, strong God, bonding. He's just terrible. Like I, just... I, I, so I think Rockets, Lakers, Clippers, three most intriguing teams to watch at the beginning oh. of next year.
0: Oh yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of interesting intrigue around uh, Golden State. I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue. I think I'm really interested in a lot of the East. And what that's gonna look like. I'm fascinated
1: to see I'm, what Philly's gonna look like. I'm interested to see what Philly's starting lineup. What, I hope they just roll out like five dudes that are all six ten and taller. Dude,
0: they literally like, put together the monstars.
1: Yeah, because I think Josh Richardson's their shortest player. They're two guard, he's like six six.
0: That's absurd.
1: <laughs> that's absurd. That's crazy. And by the way, that guy's gonna people are gonna realize how good of a player that guy is, man. Cause I didn't realize how good of a player he was until I started looking at his highlights. Um yeah. Oh, and yeah, I don't. Dude, it's going to be really intriguing to watch some of these teams.
0: Speaking of this, I can't believe I forgot to br- bring this up when we were talking about the Sixers earlier. Uh, I'm glad that Josh isn't here because his head would blow up. But did you see that Ben Simmons has been hanging out with his boy LeBron out in L.A.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> dude, I hope I hope LeBron's. Let's go, <laughs> dude.
0: He's not going to play that extension out in Philly. I'll tell you right now, he's not. Oh my god!
1: And you know what? You're probably right because yeah, I know. Who knows what to fucking believe now, right? Like what anything if, can happen.
0: I'll tell you what to believe. Guys want to play with their friends.
1: That's exactly. what they want the to do. Paul George, the Paul George trade, how it just shocked the world, and no one saw it coming. And it was to do that very thing: return home and play with his friends. That's that's the telltale sign right there. That this this NBA is so much different than people realize because getting two hundred forty million versus one hundred eighty million is negligible because that's right. so much money either way.
0: Well, and what they didn't really think about whenever they were negotiating this in the CBA, like the the whole supermax and all that, is the fact that guys are not money driven. That at the end of the day, these NBA contracts are not what feeds these guys. It's your Nike deals and your endorsement deals that you sign and all that stuff. So, so you lose a twenty thirty million on a contract over time to play with your buddies versus you know because
1: it's all about having fun. Like it's you get four sponsorship deals. Cause you're living in LA and you get to live in your hometown, right by all your family and have beautiful weather and play with your buddies. Right. That's what more is there? Like quality of life becomes important when you have a hundred million (laughs) dollars Yeah, you don't care about that money difference. that much anymore. You just don't want to blow it all and you just want to have quality of life.
0: Exactly. And you want to play with your friends. You want to win because winning is fun. Like that's what this comes down to. That's why K D made the decision he made. That's why all this happens. And it's it's yep. everybody keeps talking about how these players are selfish and they want to be traded and they shouldn't, you know, they should, you know, just shut up and play and all that. And I do get that. But at the end of the day, like some of these players like are locked into really terrible situations but like yes. guys like andrew wiggins can go get paid and just worry about it later like i mean
1: and it just dis- it just disappear for 42 minutes of the game right like uh. it's
0: absurd but like guys can do it now and at the end of the day it's all about money and playing right. with and so like money i mean you're talking about 100 million versus you know 120 million that you'll probably make up at a nike deal anyway who fucking cares like, who cares? Exactly. And so, like, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're looking at. I think it's it's more simple than we're making it. You know, and I think teams like the Clippers understand this because, like, it, like look at what the Clippers are doing with this new arena thing. Like, you saw this thing that came out, right? Dude, I told you finan- I want to talk
1: about that. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: privately financed arena, which you're going to start, go- like, that's going to be mandatory, dude. Like, You already
1: uh, saw it in Golden State.
0: Exactly. Like, it's got to happen. Like, the Bucks did it. You know, it's going to happen. And
1: you can't be, because previously, you know, it was just, through tax dollars right Right, but In i think
0: well, yeah exactly yeah just putting bonds out there and having tax dollars yeah. pay for it i mean i'm doing it right now with the the ranger stadium right near me and they're not willing to burn the team down because they're you know they're going to lose money but it's like oh i'm sorry the taxpayer's money just built you a new ballpark but you want right. to save money on the players okay got it got it yeah cool
1: dude no, you know privately funded is is the way is the way we're, we're moving towards and this stadium looks Badass for anyone that wants to check it out. I mean, it's projected out in 2024 after their uh, Staples Center lease ends. But, uh, but like I was telling Justin, you can make anything in, in Southern California look beautiful. But this stadium looks really state of the art, and I think with through the private financing, um, when you can see when these guys can see valuations of the, these teams and how it's growing these businessmen are going to start pouring money into these stadiums and we're going to start getting some really exotic and exciting stadiums versus some of the maybe cookie cutter ones we've had previously
0: for sure dude and i think i mean look at steve balmer that guy's worth 15 billion dollars he wrote he paid cash for the clippers like <laughs> yep. for two billion dollars like that's like this guy's got like and he, he and really but, like,
1: cares about like winning and committed to winning Yes. He quoted, my goal is simple. I want to make the Clippers be the best home in all of sports. Right. But look at it's it this the way, Clippers. dude. These guys were jokes growing right. up.
0: Absolutely. And they share a stadium with the Lakers. And, like, this is going to be the differentiator that makes the Clippers yes. differentiate themselves as L.A.'s town. And, like, I think that's a big thing.
1: And I don't, th- I don't think the Lakers boot. are ready for that, dude. I don't. <laughs> I dude, really don't. Be- if you would have told me at any point in my life in 2002, when the Lakers were coming off that three-peat, that the Clippers would be the number one team in Los Angeles, I would have said you're out of your freaking mind. Out of
0: your mind. The Clippers probably won't even be in Los Angeles by 2019 is what I would tell you.
1: Right. You know, Dude, listen to this quote, quote by Ballmer real quick. Uh, and he's talking about the new stadium and, uh, you know, make the Clippers the, the best sports team in, uh, in the country. And he goes, what that means to me is an unparalleled environment for players, for fans, for sponsors, and for the community of Inglewood. Our goal is to build a facility that resets fans' expectations while having a transformative impact on the city we all call home dude, this guy
0: (laughs) says the former CEO of
1: put up and he is going to do it. It is going to be wild, man. They are (laughs) going to, because he's just being ran so much more effectively than the Lakers. And I just, I really can't wrap my head around it.
0: It's almost like the former CEO of Microsoft. Smiling
1: this whole time because you just you just love seeing this. Dude, I do
0: well. It's it's more just because who would have thought that the CEO former CEO of Microsoft would know how to raise a business like this? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like we talk about fucking Jerry and stuff like that in football. Like Jerry's done a lot of injustice on the football field, but he has done revolutionary things for the NFL. Like at the end of the day, like that's all Cuban's the same way in the NBA. Yep, you know and like that's it's all about taking those steps forward and you got to have owners that are committed to it and if you think about like the privately uh, financed stadium that becomes an asset within your team that you can like sell like look at the Knicks we talk about how it's crazy that the Knicks don't like they play at Madison Square Garden in the middle of Midtown like they have an incredible place to play like they should be the premier franchise year in and year out I mean over the fucking Nets I mean the fact that they have Madison Square Garden that makes their franchise worth five billion dollars versus two. I mean, the math is just simple. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> you know. And so, like, uh-huh. this is an investment for Ballmer, and I love that, dude. I love that he's putting that in, and I, I love that someone's going out there and challenging a team like the Lakers, like the, a smaller team. Like, I love that shit. I love that the Bucks are doing that right now. They're pushing these teams, and the Bucks were a bit of a joke our whole lives,
1: right? And those, but those, those owners and franchises are so much more motivated while these, the Lakers, the Knicks just sit on their hands because they think their name's going to just carry them. And it did yeah. for years, but it, at some point the buck stops. No exactly. pun intended. Right. Yeah,
0: We're not there anymore. It's just like, I, I really, we, we'll have to dive more into the whole, uh, James Dolan thing. And what do you do about that? Because I've, I've really thought a lot about like how you get him out of there. I don't know that there's a way to do it without years of litigation and all that. Like, I yeah, think,
1: that's, that's the thing is that gets, really sticky really quick yeah but
0: I mean man like I mean you got guys like Andre Iguodala who you know put out a book or whatever right before he got traded from Golden State ironically enough that's out there saying man nobody wants to play for the Knicks and everybody knows that like that's a problem and like as a business that's owner saying, you gotta know that's a problem
1: <laughs> yeah and he said that on multiple media platforms so I yeah. know he's he's speaking the truth he's not BSing about that right uh, so ultimately hey, before it's go awesome
0: ahead, that ahead. they're building that stadium, man. I, I think that's awesome. I love that these younger t- or these you know lesser teams are going in and trying to disrupt what's going on. And I think that's a very much a tech type of mentality to it, yes. but it works. It's methodical. the The Raptors just did it.
1: It's going to continue to work, and it's yes. we're going to see it play out in front of our eyes over the next decade.
0: Because we talk about this all the time. At the end of the day, this stuff is just not that hard. It's really not. But Agreed. The, But, but, I mean, all of a sudden you sign Andrew Wiggins to, you know, a Supermax deal. Like, why would you do that? Like, why did they do that? Like, I don't know how he... You didn't have to. Right. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand how teams just go shoot themselves in the foot like that. I just, I don't, you know, like, it seems very simple.
1: It does. Do you think this is fair to say? So, I think the the teens, uh, as in, like, the you know, 2010 to 2019, this decade has been the player empowerment era, right? And we saw that Probably, starting yep. with LeBron. Yep. I think this next decade, I think the 20s could potentially be the underdog or small market yeah. type of, type of um, you know, era where what we just talked about where these teams that have been a joke our entire lives, like the Bucks and the Clippers and Bucks being in a small market, especially, I think these teams are going to start showing That they're not scared of the names of the Knicks, the Bulls, the Lakers, the Celtics anymore, and I think that's going to be a big transformation in this decade. That's kind of my.
0: I agree with that, dude. Big
1: picture.
0: I 100% agree with that. I I think if you're not thinking about how business is being going to be done here in the next five to ten years with all this, you're thinking about it wrong. And I just I, I can't get my head around like we talk about like guys wanting to play with their friends. Like it's it's very simple. Just let everybody in the organization do their job. That's all you have to do, and maybe that's yep. what the Lakers are trying to th- implement here and think about. I don't think they're that effect going to be that effective if that's the strategy that they're trying. But like at the end of the day, yeah. like I that's mean, why Frank
1: Vogel doesn't really scratch that itch. Yeah, I know. Neither does Jason Kidd.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I, I all I'm saying is, man, I think you're 100 correct. I think this is going to be a big decade for the sport. I think it's going to be a big growth year, uh, decade for the sport, I think they also understand that they have an advantage and that people really are starting to shy away from football because of the injury concerns. And I think mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a bigger conversation for another day, but football's done a whole lot to drag their feet on that whole situation. So, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is they have a chance to grab market share and they're going to do it. And these smaller market teams realize, hey, I can just be bad and collect draft picks and you know, look at Sacramento. That's what they've been doing. Look at look where they're at right now.
1: Yep, and they're gonna NBA is gonna continue to steal market share. Young kids like basketball more than football. Yeah. I, I genuinely believe that. So it's gonna take some time for that to happen, but it's going to happen. Uh, and dude, I just, before we wrap up. I do want to ask you a question, though. I wasn't able to. I had written down. as We we had a good flow going. Didn't have time to work it in. But something I was really curious about. I'm gonna throw Zion into this mix of players. I got four guys for you. Uh, or no, I was just do th- three guys okay. that I think took big step forwards um, or have, had good, you know, last couple of years and have not made an all-star team and want to know which one do you think is going to make an all-star team? Let's throw Zion on the mix and if you think he's likely to make an all-star team between Jason Tatum, Jamal Murray, and Pascal Siakam. Throw Zion in there. Of those four guys, who you think is most likely to make an all-star team this year? Pascal Siakam, probably. Because the East is weak and he's going to be the star on that team.
0: Yeah, more more the latter. I think that he's going to have a chance to step up now that Kawhi is gone. Because nobody's expecting that of them. How many over under wins do they have? What was their what was their uh, number?
1: It was forty five. I think it's they're over. Right.
0: I think they're probably yeah. a little over that. If if they I take so. that step.
1: Yep. Um. So if you take Zion out of the mix though, and don't look at the rest of your team, you're just going to start a franchise. Tatum, Jamal Murray, or Siakam. Who you got?
0: Mm, Tatum Jamal Murray not Jamal Murray probably Tatum I think so not even biasly I think I think he has the biggest step to take forward man him and Jalen
1: hated Kyrie I, I mean could probably put Jalen in this conversation because Jalen's just as good as Jason to me man
0: I agree and, and I think Jalen actually took more of a step forward than Tatum did he just
1: started at a lower level, but yeah, I think they're pretty neck and neck right now. I agree. Uh, Jamal Murray, to me, is just a pure scorer. I think he's going to be a really good one, though. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going yeah, to
0: be, just, it's, it's gonna be a, interesting to watch that, though, because Denver has... I mean, we talked about Denver a little bit ago, and I think the pieces around him matter for him
1: more than anybody else. Agreed. Agreed. And the reason Siakam's more likely to make a playoff team is because Jason Tatum's going to have, you know, Kimball Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown all around him. Right. But... I just I wanted to talk about that because I think there's just so much young talent in this league that's yes. not recognized because they don't make an all-star team and they're not considered great, but it's like, dude, I could argue that Tatum, Jamal Murray, and Siakam are all better than Ben Simmons or Josh is going to lose his mind when he hears that, but just anybody that made the playoff fringe playoff player last year.
0: I think it's one of those things where when you go to the bargaining table when the CBA is up next, that you've got to negotiate bigger roster spots and stuff like that because I think that mm-hmm. the overall talent – has risen and i think the depth is more important than ever anymore there's
1: dudes in the d league right now that could have been in like playoff rotations 10 years ago
0: right and so i but i think especially in the load management era you're gonna need more of that and so i think that's gonna be a big thing to come to the table we've talked a little bit about that stuff but anyway all right man well i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up we'll be back um i think you and josh will be back here in just a little bit i'll probably pop on if anything big happens or whatever um I don't know if we need to, to, you know, berate anybody. I'm happy to, to fill those shoes at any time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and hopefully Josh returns from the wilderness.
1: Yeah, now we'll be back next week, uh, assuming Josh doesn't get scooped up by that bear. Um, and we'll, we'll cover kind of where we're at. And I know he's going to probably have a lot of feedback for this episode. And I'll see you on Tuesday, man. Hop on Perpetually Correct and uh, talk a little baseball, talk a lot of football. Yep, see you guys then. All right, later.